Emma and welcome to the Hopes and Dreams podcast. The journey to parenthood isn't always easy. For many, fertility can be one of life's greatest challenges. And in this podcast, we'll be talking to people with all different types of journeys, including stories of loss and grief, but also, and most importantly, of strength and hope. We'll talk openly about different experiences to provide you with advice, support and coping strategies and hopefully some comfort and to help you feel less alone. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to the Hopes and Dreams podcast, season two, episode one. We're back. I hope everyone is doing okay. I've still been on my journey since uh, we last spoke and I'll probably update you guys on that at some point where we're, we're getting to with our fertility journey. But Today, I'm very glad to be joined by Ems Finch, who is an artist from South London. And we're going to be talking, um, Ems and I don't actually really know each other, but we met via a a mutual friend. um, And also we connected on Instagram um, through the podcast, which has been amazing. And I really wanted to get Ems on because... Ems and I have a similar journey in the sense that we both have uh, a little one, but we've both had um, losses during COVID. And of course, miscarriage is isolating in itself. But when you add the grimness of the pandemic and not having your normal support networks in place, it becomes even harder. So Ems has been through a lot, which she's going to talk about today. But what is the hopeful bit is that she has found some healing and help through her art her beautiful artwork and nature. So we're going to be talking about how that's helped her and how I guess that could help others going through this as well. So she's going to be giving lots of advice about that. So thanks so much, Ems, for coming on. It's really, really fantastic to have you on. Thank you so much for having me on, Emma. That's, it's really lovely to meet you. Well, kind of meet you online, <laughs> as we all do nowadays. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's been great to, you know, forge those connections online with people that you haven't met but you've had a shared journey and I feel like we've got a lot of synergies between uh, between our stories which I'm sad about but it's nice to have someone to be able to to talk to and great that Instagram and mutual friends have sort of connected us so um, like me as I said you've had you've had two losses during this this pandemic yeah. Um, which as I also said before it adds to the awfulness of miscarriage it makes it even harder because you don't have your usual support networks there in place or things that can help you through it um can you talk about what you know your experiences and what you've been through in the last wee while since the covid hit 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 us so yeah my lockdown started in uh, December 2019 actually because I had a, a huge operation on my ankle to rebuild it um it's a long story, which I won't go into right now, but basically since I had my daughter in 2017, um, I, my ankle collapsed. I got quite bad arthritis in my ankle um, and it was decided that I couldn't really go through another pregnancy with the ankle in that state. So in order for me to carry on my journey of having children, I needed to go through this big operation and got through it, got out of plaster and a week later, the whole country was in lockdown which was interesting, Um, not least for the whole physio and recovery and all that stuff. But anyway, I had wonderful support from the surgeon and he very soon gave me a a green light to go ahead and try for a baby. Everything happened so quickly. And within the first month, I I was pregnant. So excited. It was like, you know, we'd gone through rubbish three years and now we were on the way. And we prematurely told the parents at about 10 weeks and we told my daughter, who was two and a half at the time, and 
uh, everything seemed to be going okay. It was about three days before my 12-week scan, I started bleeding. And I'm not going to go into the details about what happened in the hospital. It was just too too horrible. Um, but doing it on my own, and also the fact that the staff at the, at the particular hospital just were not trained in how to sort of provide that, you know, more personal care. So the reassurance about you, the fact that you were going to be okay. Um, just someone being able to hold my hands would have been like a bit life-changing really. Um, so yeah, it, it was fairly awful, ended in an emergency operation. And uh, I, I went on to have a second miscarriage in March this year, which I'm really pleased to say was a lot better. I went to a, another another hospital and there was a nurse there who, despite the COVID guidelines, when they told me there was no heartbeats, she just gave me a hug for about 10 minutes whilst I cried. And that nurse will never, ever know how much it, that meant because that's all I needed. You know, it sounds so simple, a little hug. But just because of these COVID guidelines, it, it's the difference between it being an okay experience. I mean, it's rubbish, but an okay rubbish experience than being a really, really traumatic one. And it's that human touch, isn't it? That human element of someone. I've had the same where I've had a nurse hold my hand while I've had surgery done. And just to wipe away your tears or give you a hug and that human touch. Otherwise, it's just, as you say, it's a simple thing, but it can mean so much to you in that moment of your real vulnerability, your real fear, your real sadness for some another human who you don't know to just hold your hand or, or give you a cuddle or whatever it is. Exactly. You know, I mean, you're in an alien place. You're going through something. The first one, well, I'd never been through a miscarriage before. So you're going through something you don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, if you don't have that reassurance and there are scary things going on with your body, you don't have anyone on your side to talk up for you. And I was in and out of consciousness because of the pain. So, you know, it was scary. And yeah, I, I just think there are good ways of doing it and there are less good ways of doing it. Um, and I really hope no one else has had to go through that these kind of things. Yeah. But I, I know in reality that they probably have. Mm. But... And, and as you said, yeah. and we, we, we won't go into detail of it, but I completely empathise with you in the sense of how physically awful and traumatic some of those experiences are, because some of mine have been that horrific and the trauma of that so you're not you're not only losing your baby but your body's going through complete shock and turmoil going through that physical pain and everything that comes with that which is horrendous and how ends is that I know how it's affected my own mental health but how is that losing those two babies in the circumstances that you did during a lockdown how 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 what effect has that had on your mental health um well after the first miscarriage I was led out of hospital with absolutely no follow-up advice. Basically was told once you've had something to eat and done a wee, you can go home. And I didn't sleep for about five days. And I was having these flashbacks that I couldn't understand. And I actually thought I was going mad. Um, and I ended up after a few days calling the hospital and saying, is this, is this normal? This is what ha happens after every miscarriage. I, I, I don't know what's going on with my mind. And, you know... As nice as they were, they just sort of gave me the number of a local charity and all I got was an answer phone for them. So I had to sort of take it upon myself. 
quite a lot just to research what what I thought was going on. Um, my GP did refer me for some CBT, but unfortunately, um, at the time there was about a six month waiting list for it. So, yeah, there was a there was a, certainly a time where I felt very alone, and at that time I had a nearly three year old child to look after during lockdown. Um, so yeah, the days were pretty long. <laughs> um, but I, I now know that I had PTSD. Um, and those flashbacks were basically my brain not processing what had happened. And it manifested for me in every time I physically looked up to the sky, I would be back in the room where it all happened. Um, so I spent a long six months pretty much looking down um, and trying everything I could not to look up. Uh, I learned some grounding techniques online um, and, and they helped a bit. The CBT, I had trauma-focused CBT, and that really did help lessen the frequency of the flashbacks a lot. Um, uh, and what it gave me was like a, a formulation, they call it. So you can look at the situation and you can look at it and what I know now, and it helps you to process what actually happened. And you know that you're safe and you know that the thoughts of possibly, you know, I, I feared for my life at some points, you know, that I, I'm safe, you know, it, it's okay. I got through it. Um, but what I found the most useful thing out of all of the things was actually just walking in the woods opposite my house. Um, I spent a long time just being outside and I found that the chatter in my head would be quietened once I'd been for a walk out there. Um, and that's led me into a whole, a whole new like area of my life. And it's out of a really terrible thing. I feel like something really good is, is coming. And that's positive, isn't it? You know, it's, uh, something good has to come out of this crapness. And for me, that's been the podcast and finding healing, talking to other people and working on things together, feeling part of a community when you before you felt really alone. So your art and, your na- and the nature has been a real sort of blessing and something that's really helped you in your journey. And you're not, you, I, I don't think you ever get over miscarriage. It's part of you, you think about it, you wonder what future that, that little baby would have had. And But it's finding a way to cope with it and, and move through life without feeling completely um, restrained by your feelings of sadness and loss. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think... The wonderful thing about nature is that it's ever-changing. And uh, my specific experience is that I was walking in a woods opposite my house one day and I saw a little pebble that was lodged in a tree at about eye height. And on it, it said, be happy. And it just totally struck me in the heart. And it was like, okay, yeah, I, I actually could be happy again. Like, I'm not, this whole sort of chatter in my head that was all very negative, it wasn't helping me get through every day. It was just making the days longer. Um, So seeing that pebble just, it started this really strange sort of trance-like event that I can't really describe. Um, I'm not necessarily a woo-woo person, but I really do feel like the trees sort of recognised that I, I needed help. And they really did give me some of their energy at the time. And I lay down underneath the trees. I took a breath, a really deep breath for the first time in a long time. I felt like I'd been holding so much grief in my chest. 
and just laying down under that tree, not only did I realize that I needed to take this breath, but also that I could see the sky without physically looking up with my head. And that just felt like after so long of not like looking up, it just felt just really emotional. Um, and the other thing is I saw color. I just saw so many colors that I just hadn't noticed. I, I, I feel like my whole life had been lived in grays and blacks for a while. And suddenly the color came through. And when I stood up after that whole experience, I kind of said to myself, you know, how on earth am I going to describe this to anybody? So I came back to the studio and got my fluorescent, fluorescent pink paint out and I started painting trees from the perspective of looking up the tree. Um, and it's just developed. I now have 140 trees up in my studio. Um, well, probably a lot more than that. that. 140 was the last count. Um, and I use my painting now as my therapy. And my CBT therapist actually joked with me that she's like yeah you have you have pretty much made up your own therapy um so I I I paint out emotion in the trunks of my trees and then I have fun with the with the leaves or the blossom and I very much apply the sky in the paintings in a very meditative way with a palette knife and it helps me to get some acceptance over the emotions that I find too big to deal with um so yeah it it's been a a long and interesting journey, really. Um, and, uh, amazing. And that you're putting your feelings, your emotions, and moving through it through canvas and your colours. And, you know, I think you said to me when we chatted before we, when we were arranging the podcast that some of them started really dark, um, obviously expressing how I felt, and then the pinks have come in and because you're finding that light, that happiness again, um, finding a way to keep going through this journey despite awful sadness that you've been through yeah yeah and it kind of cbt talking therapy got me to a point which was a very useful point but i felt like there was something that was missing and the 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 creating using my hands to create something was the missing thing for me and now i know that i I really want, have spent time over the summer just trying to work out how on earth I can extrapolate that idea and maybe share it with other people and see if that would help them in some way. Yeah, amazing, because you're, you're looking at developing this, as you say, into something that will help other people going through a similar. Can you talk about what that, what that plan, what that hope is for that project? Yeah, so I, I suppose the biggest... Thing that I found after e after each miscarriage was the chatter in my mind. My mind was just so full, and it was full of really negative stuff. Usually, uh, is it my fault? Should I have done something different? Could I have prevented it in some way? And all of these thoughts and feelings were just it getting bigger and bigger. And and the whole the whole sort of mental health struggle just sort of became a bit overwhelming. And when I looked at it one day, I realized that I was craving the painting part of things, side of things, because when I was painting, I was actually, the, the chatter had gone and I was actually in the zone or I was focused on something. And as I looked into it, I realized that's actually just what meditation is. So meditation is the concept of just being in the present and using something as an anchor. 
And usually we use the breath to, to, to have our anchor. But actually what I was doing is using my painting. I thought, okay, well, there must be a way of allowing this to be accessible to everyone else, like not just artists. Um, so I did a mindfulness course. I have done a lot of reading over the, um, over the summer. And I've actually developed a practice of mindful sketching, which I do outside in nature. So it's doing some breath work and then drawing. So one of the most simple um, ways of explaining it is I start the, the practice with drawing my breath. So I, um, I do a quick body scan and then I hold a pencil, put it onto the page. And on my inhale, I take the pencil up and on exhale, I take the pencil down. Um, and I just draw a series of lines and it's my, it's my breath. And it's an extra thing that I anchor myself to. And I, and I find the chatter that once was in my head is now something that I, observe, I can observe and I can really get distance from. And that has helped me no end. It just it frees me up in a way to, to do the stuff that I want to do. Um, and so what I really want to do is, is be able to take people into nature, into parks around London or around the country, and share with them what I've learned about just taking nice deep breaths and drawing what, what they see, kind of learning to see, learning to be present, and learning how with just a simple sketchbook and a pencil, or even just an A4 bit of paper from the printer and a pencil, you can you can really get into a zone of being totally absorbed into something. And that is, is the thing that, that has really helped me. And I hope it will help other people. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure it will. Um, it's a, I mean, it's the similar sort of concept to like running or doing something, you know, it's focusing on something else that's taking your mind off all the crap that is miscarriage and loss and grief and, and then having it on something else that you can focus your mind and you know as you said with a simple piece of paper doesn't you know a pencil any kind of pencil that you have you can do something to really help you make a difference yes. and when so when are you when are you hoping to um launch this this new project well i'm 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 not pushing myself too much but next year i think we're going into winter now and it seems we've gone straight straight from summer to winter without an autumn this year, this week. Um, but um, so I'm going to spend the winter really, really honing it. And um, I'll be looking for a few volunteers to help come on some walks with me to test the concept. So if you're keen, do get in touch. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I'll be working on it through, through the winter and hope to release in the spring. Um, and by then I should have a good little sort of... Um, you know a better idea of what I'm doing and also a good a good sort of program of events that I can offer um so if you're keen to hear more follow my Instagram and or sign up to my mailing list on my website which is www.msfinchart that's e-m-z finch f of freddy i-n-c-h art all one word dot co dot uk and I think that will be in the show notes as well. Yeah, I'll make sure all of this yeah. is um, in the show notes so people can link through to it and connect. It sounds great. Cool. And so this course is in the, in, the, in the pipeline, which sounds brilliant. And then yeah. you, you have touched a little bit, but are there any other resources that you've found helpful in your healing journey? Any books or, or anything else that have been helpful? Yeah, so many. <laughs> um, the first thing I'd say is talking to a friend. 
just talking to somebody, whoever that is. Um, and I really do believe that a problem shared is a problem halved. So that, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give to anyone. Um, my wonderful friend that I met online, and I actually met her in person in August, Faith Douglas. She's Forest Bathing UK on Instagram, and she's written this incredible book called The Nature Remedy. Um, she does forest bathing walks um, all over the country, and she is just an epic lady. So check her out. She's using science and forest bathing um, to do incredible things with people, um, has worked with a lot of people with PTSD. And yeah, she's just an amazing human being. Um, I've used tapping as part of my painting process. Tapping is using points on your on your body. I'm not an expert on this, but using points on your body, which I, I believe are acupuncture points to, um, and positive affirmations to help sort of change your the way you think about certain situations. And it really helps me to calm down. And there's a wonderful lady called Sarah Tobin on Instagram who I've done a couple of sessions with and she's amazing. Breath work, which I've mentioned as part of what I'm going to be doing. Um, I've done some sessions with an incredible lady called Kelly, who on Instagram is Yorkshire Yogi. And she's just a wonderful lady as well. So I would recommend looking at her stuff. But the most inspirational book I came across was one called Rabbi Sabi by a lady called Beth Kempton. And it was a pretty life-changing book, actually. It's all about the Japanese culture, about being close to nature or be living alongside nature. And um, there's no, there's actually no definition for wabi-sabi in, in Japan, but Beth puts a, a definition around it. And I, if it's okay, I just want to read you a, a quick quote because I feel like it, it's the essence of everything I've taken from this journey. Um, so she says, wabi-sabi is an acceptance and appreciation of the impermanent, imperfect and incomplete nature of things. And then she goes on to say, the impermanence of things is a fundamental law of nature. Things come and they go. Whatever things are like at the moment, they won't always be like it. They won't always be like anything. There's an ebb and a flow in the river of life. And I think for my journey, that quote just sums the whole thing up. The fact that I've fallen in love with trees that have seasons, they come and go every year. I just... I feel like it's helped me gain some acceptance and, and live a bit more in the present. Mm, that's so. beautiful. Thank you for reading that. It's really um, moving. And and, it, and it's right. I think it, I'm thinking lots of things while you were talking there about nature. You know, life carries on. And that's what we have to accept, that it's not what we planned. It's not what we wanted. But we have to find a way to keep moving forward in this journey, um, despite the, the obstacles that we, we go through. And nature changes and it moves as life does. And as you say, it doesn't always mean it's going to be that way. And then the other the other thing I was thinking when you were talking is that control aspect, you know, yeah. and, and I think helping to control your thoughts a bit better, helping to control the immense, overwhelming thing that sits in your chest. And I completely understand that when it comes too much. And, and, and we can't control pregnancy. We can't control being able to keep a baby. But trying to find ways to control your mind and switch off a little bit and think and control how you're feeling is so important because in a in in this area where there's a very lack of control uh, and that can be overwhelming particularly for someone like me who likes to be in control um to find a little bit of healing and perspective is 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 really important 
Yeah, I think the way that I um, I personally kind of look at it is it's not necessarily about control because, as you said, control is a really – you can't control life. <laughs> I like to think um, with my thoughts that it, it's totally natural that if you go through grief, you're going to have some dark thoughts coming into your head. You're never going to be able to control and stop them. But getting some distance between your thoughts and yourself – um, so just noticing that you're having these thoughts and okay. feelings and that maybe you don't want to give them more weight than ne- they necessarily need. Um, so meditation, mindfulness and nature have all helped me um, and, and painting has been one of the most helpful things for me um, to kind of be able to quieten down that chatter, to recognise that it's there, but it's okay that it's there. And it can be there, but I don't need to get involved in it. Um, and I think that's the most important thing I've taken out of this journey, really. Mm. And something beautiful, your beautiful trees. I love it that I can see them in the background when you're when we're speaking with these lovely trees around you. Yeah, they are. There, there, there are a lot of them, and I'm finding it hard to um, to sell a lot of the early ones specifically. I do have. Uh, uh kind of an idea to put on an installation with them um which would be like a really immersive experience um I know that's going to happen at some point uh I don't know how where when or yeah I don't know any of the details yet but I've got this feeling that something will happen some of the conversations I've been having um through Instagram through just conversations I'm having in everyday life with people are pulling up sort of opportunities or just conversations with absolutely amazing people like yourself um and I'm just confident that one day a conversation will lead to an incredible um installation using these trees um they document a really tough time in my life um and each of them is kind of an emotion that I found hard relating to the miscarriage um yeah I I, I, yeah I just know it's going to happen at some point (laughs) And but how, how do you feel about people seeing those raw emotions that you painted out and how you felt at that time? Is that a bit daunting, or do you feel empowered by doing that? I've it's a good question. I've I've felt the positive response from everyone since I shared the kind of the background behind them. It's weird because I initially started sharing a few pictures of a couple of the trees on Instagram. And immediately people kind of resonated with them without having any idea of the background story. And I carried on sharing them for several months before I actually told people what they were about. And I I believe they have power in them, these trees. They really have the power to sort of make me take a deep breath and just ground myself. And I think they do that for other people as well. So I find it empowering to, to share these with people. Um, Raising awareness about miscarriage, uh, I think we've we've moved a huge way in the last year or so. I feel like miscarriage is spoken about more. Um, it's not such a taboo, um, but I think there's a, still a way to go. I think there are still lots of people who don't even record that they've had one. Um, and the main thing is, if, if if we as a country don't know how many miscarriages are taking place, how on earth can we possibly assign the right amount of resource? to researching them or to to providing mental health care for people who've been through them so yeah I I feel like 
we're moving in the right direction and I hope in some tiny way once my installation happens or even just the fact that I'm doing these trees right now hopefully it may, it raises a bit of awareness with at least somebody no it does Ems it really does and it's great to be as I know an advocate talking about it because I think we are talking about it more but I think there is still a lack of understanding with maybe employers or you know people who haven't been through it the absolutely catastrophic effect that it does have on mental health and there isn't enough resources generally in this country for mental health especially for women and men going through through baby loss so I think that can only be a good thing and I'm so pleased that you know it is being talked about in parliament it is being talked about on different podcasts and in the news and by you know myling class doing a program about you know that's so important that and I'm so pleased that people are using their platform to to, yeah. to, to do it and we yes, if we I can do. play a small part in that too then I think that's really good I totally agree I sent Mylene one of my trees actually <laughs> oh that's so nice because I, I and anyone who um I've sent quite a few out actually just little mini ones I think it's nice for me to think that they have something that helped me And and you're passing that on to someone else to help them. So I think that's a beautiful thing. And and if you're comfortable talking about it, because I don't really like asking people, or do you plan on trying, you know, it's not really, it's a personal thing, but do you have that hope for trying again? And and how are you you preparing yourself to sort of, to move in, to move forward with that and maybe think about trying again? Yeah, so I have been really lucky to have some tests on the NHS since the last miscarriage. I know the the traditional policy in the UK and NHS is to wait for three miscarriages before you have them. Um, But because of my mental health problems, um, I have been given some tests and they've been clear. And so, so of all the obvious things that could be the reason for it, none of them are it. So that gives me some hope. Um, but generally, the whole philosophy that I've been talking about in this chat, that the idea that we can't control what's coming up, just having some a level of acceptance and living in the present is really helping me. Um, I spend every day now, I try and spend every day with my daughter just doing something fun with her um, and just enjoying her as much as I can. Because I feel like I lost time during these miscarriages and during lockdown where I just couldn't. And so I'm, I'm really trying to just, you know, if she is the only child I have, I am so lucky. So, so lucky. I would love to have another one. And I'm putting myself in the best possible position to do it. I'm you know, getting that gym, I'm eating healthily, all the things that people tell you to do. But mentally, I am doing my mindful sketching and keeping my emotion. I'm, I'm keep not emotions, but I'm I'm much more aware of my emotions. I have tools in my toolkit, like my painting, um, that I can use. I'm learning strongly the ability to say no to things. And I'm just looking after myself, um, which I think everyone should do, regardless of whether they're on a fertility journey or not. But I know how hard it is, um, especially in in COVID, COVID times. It's tricky, but yeah, I'm I'm really confident. Um and we'll see what the And hopeful. Do. And hopeful. Yeah, and I, I totally resonate what you were saying about um spending time with your daughter and stuff. Because it's something my husband said to me the other day when we're obviously talking about whether what have we got left in the tank to keep trying for this baby that like you, we know how lucky we are. 
but we always thought we would have another and that's okay but also what are we missing with our with our, our daughter that we have and that makes me sad because it's like I, she's everything to me I adore her but um you know focusing on the other you know what we don't have and what we want has maybe detracted and not that we don't give her everything but not not enjoying and they grow up so quickly but not okay. enjoying that moment that they yeah. are so I think being in the present and enjoying what that is such a, a positive message yeah. and and probably a good point for us to sort of wrap up our chat but honestly like thank you so much for coming on I knew I thought this was a perfect one for the first episode because it's you've been through so much but you've turned it into something such such a positive and beautiful thing that you're doing and trying to help other people and I think people can take a lot from this I've taken a lot from this I plan to get out with my notepad and go and go in the park with the dog and and my daughter and maybe sit and, and draw a tree and my breath definitely. and yeah and, it, and, and, kids, and all that sorry kids are, so, kids are so so brilliant because they they're so matter of fact about everything and I've learned so much from my daughter through this whole thing but yeah, take take a sketchbook out with your daughter and a few different colours and just pick up some leaves and draw them. It's just such a fun activity. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's, I'm definitely going to be doing that. And um, and I really look forward to seeing how your your installation takes place sometime and, 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 your, and, your, and your course as well. We'll look out for that. But I'll, Ems has covered so much stuff um, throughout the chat. I'll put it all in the show notes so you didn't have to sort of write notes as you were listening to all the Instagram accounts and books and stuff. But um, what a fantastic guest for, for the first episode. And thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much, Emma. I, I think... Um... It takes a lot of strength to to do something as wonderful as you're doing with like spreading awareness through this podcast and to come back for a second series is wonderful, um, especially as you've got ongoing stuff going on with your life. So I just want to say a huge thank you to you. Oh. And I hope we get to meet in real life one day. So I know I'm going to come down to London and get bring my notepad, and we're going to go to a London park and do that definitely. definitely. And that's what that's what's also good about the podcast. I've made a friend and definitely. a new connection, and I feel like our journeys have been very similar. So that's been an added bonus to this as well. So I'm fan- it's fantastic that you reached out to say I'd love to come on, and and that we've made it happen. So awesome. thank you again. Thank so you good. so much, Emma. You're you're wonderful. Thanks so much for listening to the first episode of season two. I hope you found it helpful and indeed hopeful. Em's covered so much in our chat, so do check out the show notes because I've put all the resources and books and uh, website links onto that. And remember to give us a review and subscribe to the podcast if you enjoyed it or let us know what you'd like for future episodes. And do check us out on Instagram and Twitter, the Hopes and Dreams podcast. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next